Iran's nuclear capabilities. Is a central bank digital currency closer than we think? An Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. Ehud Barak says we need to hold elections in Israel by June to adopt the two-state solution. Wow. I mean, these and many other headlines are all very prophetic, and we will analyze these stories while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Today is your day. I will be taking your calls. You can call in anytime you want. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. If no calls come in, I got, a, I got a lot of questions here that we can go over. Some very good questions that have come in online and via email. So uh, it's going to be a great day. A lot of Q&A today. So uh, before we get into that, I want to let you know that I will be at Pastor Jimmy Tony's church. A lot of you have called in and said, man, when are you guys going to come to Florida? Well, this year we're going to be in all four corners of the United States. I'm going to be in this, uh, in a couple weekends, I'll be in Gainesville, Florida. Pastor Jimmy Tony, the Pentecostals of Gainesville. That's 8105 Northwest 23rd Avenue in Gainesville, and that's going to be on Saturday, March the 2nd at 6 p.m. I'll be teaching the new Green Horseman and World War III. Wow. I mean, is that lesson very relevant right now? And then on Sunday morning, March 3rd at 10 a.m., I'll be doing Breaking Prophecy News, and we'll be doing a Q&A uh, session after that. So, wow, that is going to be a blast. The guy in the... I've known Pastor Jimmy Tony for probably, what, a couple decades now. And uh, so you guys, anybody down in the Florida area, anywhere, Georgia and Alabama, come over to see us in Gainesville, and uh, what a great time we will have down there. Then also, we're, I'm going to be in Connecticut this year. I'll be in Spokane, Washington. We're going to be coming up there to do a conference. Haven't been up there in a long time. I know a lot of you guys listening to us up in Spokane. You've been wondering, when are we coming back up there? We'll be up there this year. And then we're also going to be in Long Beach, California, and then everywhere in between. So going to be doing a lot of traveling and doing, teaching a lot of prophecy conferences. But I'm um, looking forward to uh, being with y'all in uh, all, all over the United States this year. I'm also going to be going to Greece and teaching prophecy at a big camp meeting in Greece this year. So be all over the place. Uh, looking forward to meeting many of you out there in the field uh, as we fight the fight and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world because the end time is now. All right, so I'm going to get into some news stories. We'll get to some calls. Before I do, let me mention First Cup Coffee. And, you know, you can imagine, to keep up with all of this, we're essentially working around the clock. We're certainly energized and motivated by our God-given purpose, but thankfully, every morning we go upstairs and I can smell that coffee brewing First Cup Coffee. You know, these guys, First Cup Coffee, they're not a woke organization. They're not trying to rewrite our history books. Believe it or not, there are people trying to do that. They're not lobbying to, lobbying to defund our military. There's kind of all kinds of woke stuff. That's not what these guys are all about. They're a Christian old patriot coffee company out of the great state of Texas. They've got 11 different roasts. 
Each one's named after a specific piece of American history. Again, they're not trying to erase that. They want to make sure our kids know, um, you know, historical events. It's really pretty cool. And so go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you an additional 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Okay, going to take a phone call really quick, and then we'll get into some of the news stories. Um, all, most of you know the Joe from New York and the Joe Show. So, uh, Joe from New York, God bless. Welcome to the End Time Show on this Good Friday. Hey, Dave. How are you, sir? I'm doing tremendous, my friend. How are you? I'm getting too old here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I've got the check engine light popping on every once in a while now. I keep going to doctors because of my legs and my feet, but uh, they keep pointing out uh, that a lot may have to do with my age, and I don't need a doctor to tell me how old I am. Sure, I understand that. <laughs> but the thing I I, I, uh, I wanted to comment on that I continually am amazed because I have a lot of time that I, I'm on the Internet, and I'm amazed at how many uh, fellows who are in ministry, who talk about the prophecies like they know what they're talking about, and they don't have it together. And now I'm not challenging their motives, because I think they love the Lord and they're serving the Lord, but there's so many false teachings that are going out by these ministers and, and, and trying to explain the prophecies, because I listen to them, and they're, they're off the mark. Yeah. And I pray daily that these guys would really learn the truth, because we look at our wonderful brother who's left us. Who, you know, I know how much you loved Irvin, and I, I miss him every day. Yeah. And the thing of it is, is that he spent so many years and hours in building the, the end-time ministry and was devoted to knowing the Scriptures. And I am still amazed that these people... It's like, you know, part-time they go into the prophecies, but no one, no one studied like Irvin. Right. No one. And, uh, you know, my, my original, I mean, my studying the prophecies goes back 46 years now. And the thing of it is, is I pray that, that the truth would be known, especially to those who are in positions to teach. Sure. And that's why I tell everybody to tune into End Time. Because you guys are working to continue Irvin's teachings mm -hmm. backed up 100% by the Scriptures. Right. And that's why I pray for you guys every day that you reach millions with the truth. We have to stick to the truth of the Scriptures. Yes. And that's all that was on my mind. And I ask sure. any, everybody that's hearing my voice to pray for these people for these teachers in the body of Christ that are supposed to be teaching the truth, and they're misguided. We have to pray diligently, because Jesus said, He is the truth, He is the life, He is in the way. Yes. But that means being dedicated to His book. And, yes. so, and, and when we say something, especially somebody in the ministry, it should be backed up by the Word of God. Yeah. And I just encourage everybody hearing me, you know, Keep praying. Keep praying for the truth, especially for the USA, because, you know, I don't want to get into politics because the, the political scene is, is, is absurd. But we have to pray for when we see wrong 
teachings. We have to pray that that, that the Lord would rise up for a new administration that walk in righteousness, and we have to stand fast. We have to keep praying every day. Amen. And I, I uh, again, well, I say, I love you, Dave. You are my brother, Vince and Doug, yeah. and the whole. I, I pray for everyone there that you keep doing the work. I, 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 I know. When I listen to, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional now. I want to just collect myself, but. I love you guys, and the truth is, end time is not going anywhere. No, no. <laughs> thank God Almighty. All right, thank well, you, Dave, for thank the you, work Joe. you're doing. I love you, and I'm proud that you are my family. Sure, absolutely, and we feel like you're a family member as well, and as everybody. And I do thank you for the call, Joe. I'm going to let you go. i got a lot of things to get to today. But I want to say to everybody, um, we pray Every morning here, we have prayer and devotions from 8 to 9. Our entire staff gathers together, and we pray for each and every one of you. We pray for all of our partners, and it doesn't matter if somebody gives us a dime a month or if somebody gives us $100 a month. We pray for each and every one, and people that everybody that doesn't give us anything, that it just follows the ministry because they want to be taught the truth, we're praying for everybody up there. We pray for people to be healed, deliverance, salvation, um, I mean, you name it, financial blessings. And we've had many people call us over the years and send in cards and say, hey, you guys prayed, my husband got the job, my, uh, you know, I, my son was delivered of this, or, you know, healings. I mean, many different things over the years. And so because we believe in the power of prayer, it, it's, it's one of our weapons we have in the spiritual warfare. So very thankful. We love everybody. And... Um, Thank you, Joe, for a great call. And I got again the number to reach me one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. I'm taking your calls anytime you want to call in. Um, really quick though, let me get to one of my stories here because there's a there's a huge dynamic going on in Israel right now, and I want you to understand it because you understand there's gonna the Bible teaches the Bible is crystal clear that there is a peace agreement that will be signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians in the very near future. And that it, the peace agreement with the five biblical characteristics will start the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, a peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians, they've been trying to do that for decades now. And the Israelis and the Palestinians both had veto power because they, if they didn't like something, mainly it was the Palestinians, they just get up and walk away. And they had veto power. Well, they're trying to structure it now so that neither side has veto power. They're trying to uh, get to trying to push Israel into a corner. Well, what has happened uh, over the last, let's say, year or so is that Saudi Arabia was getting ready, you know, the Abraham Accords that was signed back in 2020, and many nations uh had normalization deals with Israel. And it really opened up, you know, um, economic ties and, and uh, you know, uh, people to uh, tourism and a lot of different things to Arab countries in Israel. Well, now, over the last year or so, you've had Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the 800-pound gorilla sitting in the living room in the Middle East, as far as the ones wanting to maybe normalize relations with Israel, because they know that would bring a lot of other Arab nations in with it. 
Well, they were getting they were getting to the point where they were really close in these normalization talks, and then Iran, who is religious, religiously bound to destroy the United States and Israel, they said, "Oh no, we're absolutely not going to allow that to happen." So uh, many people have reported and believe that the normalization agreements with Israel was one of the things that drove Iran and their terrorist proxies to invade Israel on, on October 7th, when me and my wife and our tour group were there to invade from Gaza, and that put the Saudi Arabia normalization agreement on ice. Well, now here we come again. We're coming all the way back around. The Gaza situation is, it's not over yet, but it's, it is, um, it's coming to an end, let's say. Uh, it might take a few, several more months. It might go into 2025. I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's getting, uh, it's not like it was real heated and like it was in the very beginning um, when they initiated the ground incursion when they were going in and bombing everything. They're, they're all the way down in the bottom end of Gaza right now. They're all the way down on the, on the Egyptian border. So they've worked their way all the way down through there. So they're talking about who's going to run Gaza after this war. That's one of the big things in the news right now. Well, there are people in Israel, in the government, that would love to see Israel sign a two-state solution, which is one of the characteristics of the final peace agreement. So, what they're using as one of the carrots to get Israel, one of the tantalizing things to get Israel to allow a two-state solution to happen at the end of this war, is that the Blinken from the United States, he said, we can bring Saudi Arabia and they, they'll, there's a great potential for them to do a normalization deal with you if you go into this two-state solution. Well, Netanyahu said, nope, not going to happen. He's totally rejected it because he said that's basically going to reward the Palestinians for what happened on October 7. We're not going to do that. We've got to have defensible borders. A lot of different things are going into it. So what the way I'm looking at it is, though, is that from a prophetic standpoint, is that if Saudi Arabia, think about this, if Saudi Arabia goes to normalize relations with Israel, imagine what Iran is going to do at that point. They've got the ring of fire around Israel. They've got rockets all around her, terrorist proxies all around her. Iran is never going to allow Israel to get this strong foothold in the Middle East. Yes, they signed normalization agreements with Bahrain and some of the other nations, but it was not Saudi Arabia. They realized that once they get in an agreement with Saudi Arabia, and all, uh, many of the other Arab nations are going to come in, and it's going to be Iran fighting against all of them. So, and plus, they, they're never going to allow Israel to get that enmeshed in the Middle East. So, we know that the next two things on God's prophetic timeline is a peace agreement that will start the final seven years, and World War III. My father-in-law and I, Irvin Baxter, we had so many conversations about which one happens first. And he told me, he said, Dave, I can't prove scripturally which one happens first. And we speculated and we tried, studied and tried to figure it out. I talked to Doug the other day, me and uh, Doug Norvell, and I said, Doug, I, we can't, it looks like that we may not have been able to, to prove which one happens first, the peace agreement of the war, because it looks like they're almost happening simultaneously. The war may happen as a result of efforts towards a peace agreement. Then the war happens, and then on the heels of that, the, the peace agreement comes to fruition. I mean, it's almost like it's happening simultaneously. 
Well, why am I telling you about all this? Because Ehud Barak, who back in 2000, 2001, was willing, he was a prime minister at that time, he was willing to give up much of the West Bank and part of the Temple Mount. Imagine King David get, making a deal with Goliath to give him part of the Temple Mount. Okay? Well, here we are, Israel and um, the Palestinians, and you've, Ehud Barak just said in the news that, hey, because Netanyahu has rejected this two-state solution so vehemently, this was just, I think, Tuesday, that Ehud Barak said, he was the same guy that was going to give all that away in 2000, 2001, Ehud Barak just said on Tuesday, we need to hold elections by June of this year, new elections in Israel, to adopt a two-state solution. There are people in the, in the government and in that sphere that would sign a two-state solution today if they were in office. And the Bible says there is going to be a two-state solution created, and there's going to be a sharing arrangement on the Temple Mount, a lot of different things that happen. And now here we are, people are talking about saying, hey, we need to get Netanyahu out, we need to get Smotrich, we need to get Ben Gavir, get them out of the government, we need to have new elections, and if they're defeated, there are people in the government sphere who would sign this two-state solution. These are the things that are being talked about in the Israeli news right now. And these are 2,000, in Daniel's case, to 2,500-year-old prophecies, and folks, we are staring them right in the face. But some people still question us here at the ministry, me and Doug and Vince, oh, you guys, you say we're in the end time. Yeah, right, prove it. And I'm like, okay, which prophecy do you want me to talk about? I can talk about all of them. Because all of the ones that are supposed to happening to be happening just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, they've either already occurred, they're occurring right now, or watching precursors, listen, folks, to every single one of them. So, are we in the end times? I know you've heard you've heard of the book 88 Reasons Why God Would Come Back in 88 and all this other. I get it. But a lot of those guys, they didn't understand the prophecies like we do now. That some of them guys, they were doing the best they could. I get it. But the Lord told Daniel, you close up and seal your book because it's of the people of the time of the end. We're understanding things right now that we didn't understand 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And so, awesome. My father-in-law, when he finished his book in 2020, the, the, the second edition of the Revelation Commentary, he put things in that book that we didn't understand prior to that. As, as he was reading and writing and researching, God was showing him things in the final book that he wrote in 2020. And now here we are, and me and Doug and different people are seeing things that Irvin didn't see when he was here. Different prophecies coming to pass, and things are just happening so quickly. And yet, to some folks, the second coming of Jesus Christ isn't even on their radar. And it just, oh man, I, I just don't know. So we got to keep in touch with everything and we got to know what's going on, folks, because this stuff is happening so fast. But if you aren't paying attention, if you're not watching, the Lord will come as a thief in the night for you. And we do not want that to happen. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to the calls here really quick. Let me mention Birch Gold and then we'll go straight to the calls. You know, world government enthusiasts, they want to impose digital currencies and these digital IDs on everybody. And that would, what it would do, it would, even, it would allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products and easily freeze or seize your bank accounts. If we went digital, it would be easy for them to do that. So in essence, 
it would enable the governments and central banks to take more control over your finances. Well, there are some concerned Americans that are thinking about diversifying their assets into a gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. So if you want a physical asset that's held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime, get your free info kit on gold. Maybe you've got an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer that's just gathering dust. Well, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA and gold. You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime and claim your free info kit on gold. Some people don't even know how to get into gold. You can get a free info kit on gold here because if digital currency becomes a reality, you may want to have some gold to fall back on. Gold's been a currency for thousands of years. Think about that. So, very important. Now, uh, let's go straight to the phones here. I know I've left you guys hanging. Sorry about that. Um, let's go to Rebecca right here in Texas. God bless Rebecca. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello. Hello, okay, Rebecca. Hello. You're on the air. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Um, well, I started listening to Irvin back in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother-in-law bought the whole uh, series for me and my husband, and sure. I absolutely fell in love. But I was so excited, you know, about when he, Irvin started talking about, you know, United States and the, and the Bible and the two wings of the great eagle. Yes. And that we're not going to be a part of the one world government. Mm -hmm. So my question is, and I'll take it off air. Yeah. Um, when the scripture that says that all nations are going to come against Israel, yes, just making sure that does not include us. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, it's a great question. I do thank you for thank the call, you. by the way, and thanks for listening for the last 20 plus years. <laughs> yes, thank you. Sure. Um, so, yeah, when the Bible talks about that, the, um, the Lord says, I will gather all nations to Israel to battle. I know that there are three nations that will, biblically, that will not come under the reign of the Antichrist and not be fully engaged in the world governing body in the end time. One of those is Jordan, uh, because the Bible says in uh, Daniel chapter 11, these shall escape out of his hand, the Antichrist hand. Uh, Edom, Moab, and Ammon, all of those are located in modern day Jordan. The Edomites, the Moabites, and the uh, Ammon is the modern day capital of Jordan. So Jordan will not be part of the end time world government or fully engaged in that. Israel, uh, you do, it, the, the nations are coming down to Israel to battle. You don't engage in a battle with the nations that you already control. So Israel's another one. And then of course, like you said, the eagle's wings that were plucked out of the lion in Daniel 7 and then they're not mentioned in the world governing body in Revelation 13. The United States is not part of that entity or at least fully engaged in that entity in the end time. I, I believe we'll be standing against that, protecting Israel all the way to the end. So when the Bible talks about all nations, it's talking about a United Nations coalition force. When, um, when George Bush went into, uh, back in the Iraq war against Saddam Hussein, he said, he made the statement, this is very important to this question, to the answer here. He said, it's not Saddam Hussein against the United States, it's Saddam Hussein against the world. And he was talking about the New World Order. But when the nations invaded Iraq, it wasn't every nation on the planet. They were talking in a, a generality because the United Nations represents the, the nations of the planet. And so when the Lord said, I will gather all nations, it's not going to be every nation on the planet because not every nation has an army. Okay? 
Some of them have a police force and things like that, but they don't have a full-on military like we have. There's some minute nations around that, you know, they might have a glorified police force, but they don't have anything near like we have, like battleships and all this other stuff, okay? It's nothing like that. So when it comes time, when the Bible says that, um, and this is another thing where everybody, when you're studying Bible prophecy or anything in the Bible, you've got to go to every verse that pertains to that prophecy. So the, the prophecy at one point says, I will gather all nations to battle. Well, it's talking about a, a United Nations military force, a coalition of nations, because the Bible gives the specific nations that will come down against Israel to battle in Ezekiel 38. The United States is not mentioned there. Neither is, um, you know, uh, the nations of South America or, or Canada or whatever. Uh, but it does say Persia and Togarma, Persia, modern-day Iran, Togarma, Turkey, Gomer, Eastern Europe, uh, Gog and Magog, Russia, so it talks about specific nations, but um, it it's talking in generalities there. It's not talking specifically about every single nation, all 200 and some plus nations, because some of them only have like a glorified police force. They don't have battleships and a, a, an air force and everything like we have. Um, some of them are very, very poor countries. So that's what it's talking about there. No, the United Nations is not going to be, or the United States won't be involved in coming down to annihilate Israel uh, with the world governing forces uh, there in the end. It doesn't say that in Ezekiel 38. Um, and we've been protecting her all the way. Now, what happens at the Battle of Armageddon that allows those nations to come down against Israel? I don't know what's happened to the United States at that point. I do not have the answer for that. Because the Bible says that we will, the eagles, uh, Israel will be carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished in her place, Israel, for time, times, and half a times during the Great Tribulation. But then it says that the, in Zechariah and in Revelation 16 that the nations of the earth, the nations will come down against Israel to battle. Well, what happens to the United States at that point? How are they allowed to do that? So I, I, I do not have the answer to that. Um, so I, you know, I wish I did. I simply do not have the answer to that. I, it's not, there's no scriptural answer for it. It just talks about the United States protecting her during that final three and one and a half years. So I don't know if we've lost our veto power at that point or what happens, but um, something has happened to allow that uh, to occur. But I don't think that we could prove scripturally that we're part of that coalition of forces that will come down against Israel, even though I believe there are people in the United States that have that mindset. Anti-Semitism is rising like crazy but I don't think there will come a time in the future, at least I can't prove it scripturally, where the United States would come against Israel. I think we're gonna stand with her all the way to the end. And we better thank God for that because the nations that come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon, wow, God is going to eviscerate. He's going to annihilate those nations. You do not wanna be a part of that. The vials of the wrath of God, the last six vials of the wrath of God are poured out upon those nations that come down against Israel to battle. Certainly don't want to be a part of that. So, uh, great question. Thank you for listening. God bless. We're going straight to the phones on the other side of the break. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 end time. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And again, I'm taking your calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Going straight to the phones now. Uh, let's go to Alex in Louisiana. God bless Alex. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. First off, first off, let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. Okay. Secondly, I know you guys are post-trib. Yes, sir. What do you think of that presentation I've seen on YouTube? It's called Before the Wrap. Okay. And I'll go ahead and hang up, and you can go ahead and answer. Okay, Thank sure. You. So, Alex, I will tell you that I have not seen that particular presentation. Um, but the I have heard, um, because the Bible says, I've heard the, the, the rebuttal, let's say, to a post-tribulation belief that we're not appointed under the wrath of God. I'm, I'm sure that that's probably what this presentation is talking about here. And I totally believe that the Bible says we're not appointed under the wrath of God. I believe that 110%. We're not appointed under the wrath of God. The fact is, is that the great tribulation is not the wrath of God. I have an article partially started um, talking about, and it's devoted to, the wrath of God versus the wrath of Satan. Two different wraths. The wrath of Satan is the Great Tribulation. The wrath of God is the seven vials of the wrath of God in Revelation 16. Those vials of the wrath of God, are not, they, they will not be poured out upon the church. The, the first vial of the wrath of God in Revelation 16 is poured out upon those who receive the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation. The last six vials are focused on the armies that come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon. The church will be here during the first six vials. You say, prove that scripturally. Well, that's easy. Go to Revelation chapter 16. After the sixth vial, I believe it's Revelation 16, 15, the Bible says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. The Lord only comes as a thief one time in the future. He only comes as a thief to certain people, too. He's not coming as a thief to everybody. The Apostle Paul told us that in 1 Thessalonians 5. 
He's coming to it for a thief as a thief to those who are not watching, they're not paying any attention. Yes, he's going to come as a thief in the night. But for those that are watching and sober and paying attention and understand the prophecies, they're going to pretty much understand when he's coming. The Bible's very clear on that. So, when people say, Dave, it can't be a pre-tribulation rapture because we're not appointed under the wrath of God. And that's when I got, that's why, that's one of the main motives for me to write this article is because the great tribulation is not the wrath of God. It's the wrath of Satan. Anytime the Bible says that the Antichrist made war with the saints, that's the great tribulation. The Bible says the dragon or the, the or Satan gave the Antichrist and his world government its power, seat, and great authority. The Antichrist is doing everything. He's doing Satan's bidding, and that's persecuting the saints and the Jews on the earth. That's the Great Tribulation. Um, I haven't seen the Before the Wrath YouTube presentation, but I know that's, but most people say, uh, I've had a lot of people tell me, I can't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture because the church isn't appointed to wrath. I agree with that a thousand percent. It's Bible, and I agree with it. But the Great Tribulation is not the wrath of God, it's the wrath of Satan. And the church will be here through the Great Tribulation. I know that some people don't agree with that, but that doesn't change Scripture. And again, if anybody can give me one verse or a passage of verses that says that the rapture, when the Lord will come, Jesus Christ will come in the clouds, send his angels with the sound of a trumpet to gather the elect unto him, that's the rapture, that that event happens before the great tribulation, I'll change what I believe, and I will actually come on the radio and say we made a mistake. I, I got to have scripture for that, though, not and, and you know not tradition, but I, if you can give me scripture for it, then I would say, hey, I'm, I'm I'm a truth seeker. I made a mistake, but the fact of the matter is, the scripture simply isn't in there, and a, a pre-tribulation belief is simply a traditional belief, and so I'm we've got to stick with the Bible, folks, because I want to teach the truth and I want to make sure you guys know what's coming in the near future. Okay, wow. Um, Great question, Alex. Let's go to Janine in New York. God bless Janine. Welcome to the End Time Show. God bless you guys, too. Thank, Thank you very you much. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, I have a question that I should probably know the answer, but I don't. The, um, the Jewish people who do not believe in Jesus after everything and because and i'm asking this because the jewish people are god's favorite people okay his his anointed ones or his special people what happens to those jews who do not who decide not to believe in jesus sure so let me give you a little timeline here because it's a fabulous question okay the bible says that this is Romans 11, 25 and 26. When the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, mm -hmm. all of Israel will be saved. Now, let me, let me, but again, whenever you're studying prophecies in Scripture and different things, you've got to look at all the verses that pertain mm -hmm. to that topic. So, the Bible says all of Israel will be saved. And that's at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. However, if you go back to the book of Zechariah, 
it appears that that is localized right there in Israel. It's not every Jew on the planet. Okay. It, it appears that it's right there in Israel because the Bible says when the Lord comes back and plants his feet on the Mount of Olives, that the Jews, the, the Jews know, they, the ones that understand prophecy and understand the Bible, the, the Old Testament, that uh -huh. the Lord will come back someday, the Messiah, as a conquering king. That's why many of them didn't receive Jesus as Messiah, because he came as a suffering servant, not as a conquering king. They didn't realize the Messiah was coming twice. So, they, and there were many prophecies in the Old Testament that, that, that said he would come, he would be crucified, he would be bruised for our iniquities, and, but yet they, they paid no attention to that. They just saw him coming as a conquering king. Well, so when he comes back as a conquering king, plants his feet upon a Mount of Olives, the Bible says that the Jews will come out to meet him. This is going to be localized in Israel, and they're going to say, what are those scars in your hands? What's the scar on your side? And he's going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And the Bible says that Israel will turn to him. 2,000 years of, of blindness will come off, scales come off of their eyes, and they're going to say, you are, Jesus, you are the Messiah. And the Bible says in Romans 11, 25 and 26, when the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, all of Israel is going to be saved. Now, for the Jews on the earth that do not recognize him as the Messiah, do not believe in Jesus, and are not born again, that's the yeah. key thing, they're not right. born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, who was a ruler in the, um, in the Jews, a religious right. ruler, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. So for those right. that do not receive Jesus and be born again, then they're not going to be saved. Nobody who is not born again will enter into the kingdom of God. So the Jews will have to be born again as well, um, and it appears that they will do that at the time of Jesus' return. How all that works specifically, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us because that's going to be into the millennial reign. There are some gray areas in the Bible about the millennial reign, and I, I can't answer some of that stuff because I'm going to have my immortal body at that point, and I will right. be ruling and reigning with, as Jesus Christ with one of the, as a kings and priest in the millennial reign. Uh, the number one thing we need to do right now, uh, Janine, is to be born again because, and be ready to meet the Lord when he comes back. Amen yeah. to that. Yep. Right. All right. Wonderful. Well, I I thank you because I was just confused. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if 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 you if so, some people will read one or two verses and say, "Okay, I got this all figured out," and then yeah, yeah. I mean, when you you if you're going to do something like that, you got to make sure you tie every verse that pertains to that topic to get the full scope of really what's going on. Once you do that, really prophecy is really easy to understand. And so um, very thankful to God that we live in a time when he told Daniel, no, Daniel, close up and seal your book. It's for the people at the time of the end. Well, now here we are. We're sitting here. We understand virtually all of it. There's only a few things that we don't. And I'm believing that perhaps before this thing wraps up, you know, we'll, we'll know just about all of it. There will be some things, you know, none, if, if it come down to where we knew everything, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, it's not, I don't think it's going to work like that. I mean, the Bible says now we see through a glass darkly, but then when, the, when that which is perfect has come, you know, and so, right, I, I don't think we'll ever know anything 100%, but I do know this. I know salvation. I understand salvation. 
And I'm going to say we probably understand 97 or 98 percent of the Bible prophecies. And so I think we know enough to get us there. That's the most important thing to me, Janine. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't claim well, to know everything, though. Right. Well, yeah. I don't have end time plus, but I would love to do um, some prophecy stuff. So I have to have to save my pennies. Well, okay. So I can understand it. Well, I, I will tell you that it's it's like six bucks a month right now. We ran a special because we started getting censored so heavily, and uh, Facebook or uh, YouTube demonetized us. Go to endtime.com or watch.endtime.com, and it's like mm -hmm. six bucks a month. And there, and also, I will tell everybody, we've got some we've got some opportunities that uh, is God's dealing with us and me and Vince and some of the others uh, that is going to be some really cool things coming up. And so, um, just make sure you stay with us because when one door closes, it looks like two or three or, or other ones are opening. So. Um, awesome. it's, it's actually pretty cool to see what God's doing, but anyway, I, I do Very thank good. you for, yeah, I do thank you for the call, Janine. I'm going to have to let you go. I got a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, a lot of calls we're going to have to get to, uh, really quick before the break, let me mention ready pantry. And then after the break, you guys, I'll go straight to the calls and try to get all of you guys before we end today. Um, you know, as Americans, certainly we want to believe that the, all of our grocery stores, I mean, all of these globalists are messing with our food and everything. And you know, we all we want to believe that the grocery stores and stuff are always going to be there, but with everything they're doing with our food and the globalists and these world economic forums and all these different things, um, you understand that it, there may come a time when we may not have the access to food like we would want. I mean, so we got to pray for the best and, and prepare for the worst, right? I mean, and what if there was a way you could have an affordable emergency supply of food? Well, there is. ReadyPantry.com is one of our sponsors, and slash End Time, and they offer amazing 25-year shelf-stable food. It includes meals for you know breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. Not to mention, there's a peace of mind you get by just knowing that you've got some emergency food for any kind of a, 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 a an occurrence, a power outage, a grid collapse, rolling blackouts. I mean, the list goes on and on. So Ready Pantry. Again, they're an American-based company. All the products are sourced right here in America. You're not going to be disappointed by it. There are companies online that are uh, these food storage companies that are giving you stuff that's been on their shelves for years. That's what we've been told. And so Ready Pantry, they deliver the freshest products. They deliver stuff to your door that's been on, that's been packaged within a couple months. Now think about that. So Ready Pantry, they offer discounts, 20% um, for three to 12 month supplies. Go to readypantry.incime. Use end time uh, and save an additional 10% off of your orders. You never pay shipping. And they've got buy now, pay later options at checkout by going to readypantry.com slash end time. Going straight back to the phones when we get back, everybody. God bless. And thank you for following end time all these years. Been on radio since 98. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. Welcome back, everybody, and uh, we've got some great questions today. Um, let's go to uh, Sandy. God bless Sandy. Welcome to the End Time Show. Well, thank you for having me on, and I hope your son and your family are doing a whole lot better. My question had to do with Revelations 8 and 1. It talks about the half hour. Yeah. Silence will be silence for a half hour, and I heard some of our pastors say that that is probably when the Lord has his last, the supper. Right. Uh, for all of the saints. But then I go to Revelations 19 and 14, and it talks about his armies which follow him out of heaven yeah. and him having this great wrath. And, of course, blood is then at the horse's bridle. Um, does that, are we, does he come back again? And are we following him, being his saints and part of his army, following him down to call it, is this the wrath of God then that he's talking about, or is that something different? Right. So <clears throat> this is very important, Sandy, that you understand the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is simply the unveiling or the revealing of Jesus Christ. And there are at least four accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. At least four. So you have the sixth and seventh seal, which Revelation 8.1 is the seventh seal you're talking about, the 30 minutes of okay. silence in heaven. So you have the sixth and seventh seal. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. The seventh trumpet. So that's um, Revelation chapter 6 and then uh, the top of Revelation chapter 8. That's one account of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. Then you have the seventh trumpet in Revelation chapter 11. That's another account of the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon. Then you have the seventh seal. I'm sorry, the seventh vial of the wrath of God in Revelation 16 and 19. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon. And then also the simultaneous harvest of the harvest of the um, the harvest of the uh, the harvest of the earth and the harvest of the vine of the earth. It's the same thing as the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13. <clears throat> That's in Revelation chapter 14. So in Revelation 6 and 8, Revelation 11, Revelation chapter 14, and Revelation 16 and 19, those are four different accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. So when you read about in Revelation chapter 8, 1, where it says um, the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. That is the resplendent glory. It's all of heaven in awe of the, the Jesus coming back to meet his bride and to consummate their relationship, and that's what will happen. It's, it's all of heaven in awe. They're standing there. Wow, this is unbelievable. It's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Then over in Revelation 19, where the Bible says, the, blood, the bride hath made herself ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and then they go straight to fight on behalf of Israel with the Lord will come with the saint, with his, the armies of heaven, the saints, 
And then it talks about that the Lord will call all the feasts of the, of the field and the fowls of the air the, to feast on kings, captains, and mighty men. That's the battle of Armageddon. That's when the, in Revelation 19, 20, that's when he cast the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire. That's the second coming in the battle of Armageddon again. So it is, it's told over and over and over in the book of Revelation. So those are the four accounts, and that helps you, once you understand the, the um, skeletal structure of the book of Revelation and what the book of Revelation is really all about, then it allows you to understand that in Revelation 8.1, there's an account of his second coming, and in Revelation 19, because he doesn't come okay. back four times. He comes back once, but there's a story about that. It's told, it tells about the revealing of that many times throughout the book of Revelation. So that once you understand that, then it helps you to understand these different scriptures. So Revelation is a vial, the seventh vial, or the seventh seal, or seventh trumpet? Yeah, so the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation is the seven vials, the seven, I'm sorry, let's start with the beginning, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials, they all end, they're, they're, they're events that start in different places in time, but they all end at the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon. And then you also have an account from Revelation in 12 uh, and 14, 12, 13, 14, that end with the simultaneous harvest. The harvest of the earth, when the, when the reapers go in with sickles and reap the harvest of the earth and the harvest of the vine of the earth. It's the same thing as the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13 that Jesus talked about. It's the exact same event. It all culminates at the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. In that account, the Bible says they're cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God. When the Bible talks about the great winepress of the wrath of God, that's the battle of Armageddon. So it's just okay. told about over and over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Very good. All right. God bless you, and I do thank you for the call. And uh, again... That's a, that's a great thing for everybody to understand. The book of Revelation is segmented. It's three segments. Revelation in Revelation 119, that's the key, that's the key verse. Revelation 119. John, write the things which you have seen, the things which are and the things which will be hereafter. Revelation chapter 1 is a vision John had seen. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 are the things which are letters written to seven churches from God through John to seven churches on the earth. And then in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, the angel says, hey, come up hither, John. I'm going to show you the things that will be hereafter. That starts the prophetic portion of the book of Revelation. Three segments. And then you understand the skeletal structure. I'm telling you, once you understand those two things, segmentation and skeletal structure, the, the book of Revelation will open up to you, and you'll say, oh, my goodness, the book of Revelation is not written in chronological order, and wow, I can finally understand this stuff. So, very, very important. Okay, i tell you what we're going to do. Let's go to Julie in Texas. God bless Julie. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am, I can. Okay, great. I have a question. Um, just knowing how close um, we really are here in the end times. Yes. What are your thoughts um, just with, you know, say, you know, the, these elites of the world, the Antichrist, what, what do you think that they think regarding the book of Revelation? Do you think that they, that they have read what we're reading and 
like we know what's coming. We know where we're at prophetically. What are, what are your thoughts on what sure. on what they think where we're at and and what we're looking for right. and waiting for? Yeah. So I, of course, it's speculation on my part because I, as far as what they're thinking. However, <clears throat> I will give you an opinion, an educated opinion. I don't think these guys have a clue that the prophecies say there's going to be a world government created and that these guys are working towards that. I believe they, that the people who will really be involved in the end time, the Antichrist and some of his minions and all these people, I think they're going to be so duped by Satan. In other words, in the end time there's going to be an Antichrist, the political leader of Europe, that usurps authority over the world governing body, and there's also going to be a false prophet that comes alongside him that will be in complete alliance with him, and they're going to run the world government and the world religion to, to push Satan's edicts in the end time. I believe the Antichrist will think that he's the answer to all of mankind's woes, that he is God himself, and he wants everybody to worship him. Mm-hmm. However, he's going to be ruled by Satan. It's very likely he will be in... Um, Satan will be indwelt in him. He will be a, a satanic possessed individual, probably by the Satan himself. And then the false prophet, he's going to be a demonic individual. Whoever the Pope is at the time of the Antichrist, he's going to be the false prophet. But they're going to be so deceived because they're going to be deceiving the world because Satan is their master. I think they're going to be so deceived that they're going to actually, the Antichrist is actually going to think he's God. And the false prophet will actually think that, hey, I'm here to support this guy. I'm a religious leader, and I have all this influence, and I'm getting the... The Bible says he will use his influence and the miracles that he can do to influence the world to worship the beast and the Antichrist. So they're going to be so deceived by Satan, I don't think that they've read a prophecy book and said, okay, I want to be this guy, and I'm going to carry out the edicts of this individual in this book. I don't think that, in my opinion... I don't think they'll have a clue. I just think they're going to be political elites that um, want to rule the world. And yeah. it's at, they're actually going to be do the, doing the bidding of Satan, whether they know it or not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for answering that. It's just something that, I've, that I have thought about. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It, I've thought about I it many times. It's a great question. Yeah, I, I appreciate this uh, ministry and... Boy, you've opened my eyes to so much. Um, I, I would have to admit, you know, for so many years, I, I really just always um, thought of a pre-tribulation rapture. But yeah. you've opened my eyes to so much more, and right. and I thank you for that. Sure, absolutely. Well, that's what we're here for, thank Julie. You. And I do thank you for listening and uh, continue to listen because you know, as we find out this stuff and keep keep, uh, you know, keep everybody abreast of the situation, we're all walking through this together. So um, I do thank you for listening. God bless you, my friend. Too. All righty. Bye-bye. Yep. So let's go to, to Mark in Missouri. God bless Mark. Welcome to the End Time Show. Yeah, Alan. Um, you know, I was talking to your gal there trying to explain what I was trying to come across. It, there's basically going to be seven years of tribulation, whatever right. you call it. Where do you see whatever, that in Scripture, you know, Mark? The red heifer. Hey, Mark, 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 let me break in on you. Where do you see seven years of tribulation in Scripture? Can you give me a Scripture for that? Oh, oh, that's not what I'm saying. No, There's going to be well, tribulation in the world. I'm not saying that it says that in the Bible. Okay. 
So that's, that's just your opinion. Well, no, I'm just saying that there's going to be chaos. There's chaos right now, but the, the part of the, the of the Bible that talks about, you know, uh, the tribulation times, uh, there's going to be a different kind of tribulation. Some of the tribulation is going to be caused by Satan, and some of it's going to be caused by God, by the wrath of God and the wrath of Satan. Follow me? Uh, somewhat, yes. And I think that whenever the Red Heifer deal happens— and, you know, this treaty, the two-state thing happens, that's going to be the beginning of this World War III tribulation time, and, you know, the Antichrist taking power sometime in that scenario. Um, I mean, I mean, we've had world wars, and they still had church, and they had schools, and I think that's probably when the temple would be built, in this, maybe in this wartime, you know. I know we're all trying to figure out the timeline of, the, of this stuff, you know. Yeah. Does any of this make sense? Well, I, the 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 it, some of it does, Mark. I, I the thing is, the Bible lays out a very clear timeline uh, that we can walk through, and you know I don't have time to do that. I've got about one minute left, but I mean I, the Bible does give us clear timelines and things, and I'll be doing some programming on that here in the very near future and laying out those timelines for everybody. But um, I, I, you know I I I don't, I don't have much time here, but some of what you're saying, I believe. Uh, that there will be three and a half years of tribulation caused by Satan. There will be a wrath of God, Revelation chapter 16. Totally agree with you. Um, but we'll figure out some of the timelines, and I'll teach through them on some future programming. And I do thank you for the call, Mark, and God bless you, my friend. You have a great weekend. Man, everybody, I'm, I tell you what I'll do. Um, I'm not, I've only got 30 seconds left. I'll give you my email, drobbins at endtime.com, D-R-O-B-B-I-N-S at endtime.com. And for those of you I didn't get to your questions, I do apologize. Email me, and I promise I will reply to you this weekend uh, with the answer, if I know the answer. And uh, But I, I, I do apologize for leaving you guys hanging. Man, I got so many calls here. So God bless you all. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you for following us. We love each and every one of you, and we pray for you every day.